In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today we have a very interesting topic, I would say. And the topic that I am going to be speaking about is actually substance abuse. And it was a topic that was in dis- discussed in the Psalms, or in the Proverbs. Where's the... And the three Proverbs that we're going to be discussing uh, today, the first proverb is... Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The second... Uh, proverb that we're going to read about is he who loves pleasure will be poor will be a poor man he who loves wine and oil will not be rich and the third one is do not look on the wine when it is red when it sparkles in the cup when it swirls around smoothly at last it at last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. So I thought this was fitting for wine, but also I thought it would be applicable to all the other substances as well. You could apply the same thing to marijuana. You could apply the same thing to any other substance. So today what we're, what I hope to do is discuss some of the biological effects of these substances, some of their psychological effects, and some of their effects on the spirit. So let's start with uh, let's start with alcohol. Some dangerous statistics about alcohol use. This is very scary stuff. Uh, first statistic: five thousand people under the age of twenty-one die each year from alcohol. Five thousand people. That's a lot of people dying for silliness and silly reasons because of alcohol. Twenty-eight percent. Of all traffic-related deaths are related to alcohol. One in three, almost. So if every time you see a car accident, one in every third car accident is due to alcohol. Seven. This this one's like uh, really disgusting. Seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred thousand students between eighteen to twenty-four are assaulted by another student who has been drinking. So, you know, you go to the party, someone's drinking, and then they, everyone feels they're hard and cool and stuff, and then they start fighting with each other, and then it turns into an assault case. 700,000 people are affected by, by this type of drinking. Another one that's even worse is 100,000, I'm sure this number is actually much higher, of students, 18 to 24, report experiencing alcohol-related sexual assault or date rape. And there was very many famous cases, actually, of uh, date rape and stuff happening. And actually, for some reason, it was very weird. The man, the, the the guy, wasn't prosecuted. But it's just a terrible situation to be in. That because of alcohol and some terrible stuff, then someone is raped or sexually assaulted. So these are some very just statistics about alcohol. You can take them, swallow them, think about them the next time you. You, you think about having a drink. 
There was an interesting study by uh, this guy right here. I want you to meet uh, Michael Taff. He's from the Scripps uh, Research Institute. And he did a very interesting study. So I want you to meet his monkey. This is his monkey. He took four monkeys and that they were given a daily dose of alcohol equivalent to one strong drink per day. Which is, I think, actually, if you think about it, is kind of normal by American standards. If you work in a company, almost on the daily, people will go out and have, like, a drink. That's, like, the become the standard for, for fun, is to go to happy hours. All the restaurants of the area have happy hours, so you can go get a strong drink. And So what he did is he took four monkeys and gave them a strong drink every day for almost 11 months and watched their their progress and compared them with another four monkeys who weren't given anything. And what he found was very alarming. One, he found the production of neurons in the brain decreased by 50%. The production. They were saying the stem cells in the brain, and I don't understand any of this stuff, but I'm just telling you what I read. The stem cells in the brain were damaged. And so the production of new neurons was decreased 50%. And the remaining ones that left, were left looked damaged. It overactivated the glutamate receptors in the brain, which causes excitotoxicity. And when I was reading about it, it was saying that basically these receptors were becoming so overly stimulated that it would call death for some brain cells. So if you drink too much, you're losing brain cells. Another one is it damages gray and white matter to the brain. I had to learn this today. Gray matter is the area which contains the cell bodies, the dendrites, and the, and the axon terminals of neurons. And white matter is where, is made when the axons connect together to different parts of the gray matter. Stuff also not my field of expertise, but it's damaging your brain. Take it as that. That alcohol is damaging your brain. The last thing is it was damaged, it damages the hippocampal pyramidal cells, which are apparently responsible for your memory. So people who drink a lot tend to have memory impairment. So when you think about all these things, I think that you see that biologically, I'm not, I didn't even talk about spiritually, I'm talking just straight biology. Alcohol is a very negative aspect on the brain. And let's talk really quick, quickly about marijuana use, because marijuana use is also something now that's becoming more prevalent. Some studies have shown that marijuana use among adolescents actually decreases your IQ. So actually you become more dumb. when you People who smoke more are actually becoming dumber. More dumb, not dumb, dumb and dumber, yeah, all of it together. Decrease in your IQ. Also, what was very interesting to me is it doubles the risk of psychosis and mood disorders. They said an increase of 50% in, uh, of things like schizophrenia, things of like anxiety, depression, all those things were heightened by uh, marijuana use. This is something that I think many people don't realize, but I, I checked many sources. They said marijuana smoke contains a similar amount of tar and carbon monoxide as cigarettes. So many people think that uh, marijuana is actually 
not harmful and it's okay and it's but actually marijuana smoke contains a similar amount of tar and carbon monoxide the one thing they haven't proven definitively is to show that marijuana does not lead to lung cancer that's the one part of the study that they have not proven yet but i'm sure they've tested marijuana smoke and if marijuana smoke contains the same amount of tar and carbon monoxide i'm guessing like i would bet that it would lead to other sicknesses. I, you can take it as a matter of faith if you don't want to, to believe. Just have faith that it will cause lung cancer. The other thing is that marijuana smoke contains 50% more benzopyrene and nearly 75% more benzothastrine or whatever Anyway, whatever it is, it's a carcinogenic, it's a carcinogenic material which causes cancer. And that's in comparison to cigarettes. So, marijuana smoke is not something, you know, is not something for Dala and it's, oh, it's healthy and all this stuff. It's not healthy at all. It actually has, these are like our, I think I found many reports, um, that say the same thing. So, if you don't believe me, go get test it for yourself. Or don't test it and study it for yourself and see what you, what you find. But I think that's why if you take all of those things that we just read about, those things weren't known in the time of Solomon, but now look at what the proverb says. It says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Taban mish wise, he just lost half his brain cells. He lost half his brain cells, decreased his IQ. All this stuff is not going to be leading to wisdom. Another um, another verse that I, or the way this verse was translated in another translation said, drinking too much makes you loud and foolish. It's stupid to get drunk. That was like another one of the new like translations of uh, of this uh, of this verse. I mean, and if you think about some of those statistics again, we said 700,000 people, 700,000 people are assaulted by one another, or are assaulted when they were drinking. Strong drink is a brawler. Means brawler means brawls, like fights. It leads to fights. So I, when I see the statistics, I see the Proverbs, truly Solomon, he saw there was some wisdom in what he was saying, that wine causes people to do disruptive things. Now let's talk about some of the, the behavioral traits associated with substance abuse. I think, um, based on what I read today and many other things, is that um, substances re- lead to rebelliousness. And the way it was described in, like I was reading, it was, there was a book called Teenage Brain and some other things online, is that that the more you indulge in these substances, the more it damages the neural pathways in the brain and allows you to make even more rash decisions. And so rebelliousness comes with the, like, you know, it kind of feeds into it to itself. You're probably already rebellious for doing the substance. Then you do the substance some more, and then guess what? You become even more rebellious. And then because you're rebellious, you tend to be engaged in very, like other harmful activities. And I think like you could talk about sex, you could talk about the bad social environments, the bad friends, the bad... All those things 
lead you further and further away from, you know, from, I would say, more beneficial or more edif- or things for your edification. And then ultimately, this has been proven for alcohol and other things, is that it leads to depression or anxiety. And many people turn to alcohol for, like, uh, for comfort or joy. I'll never forget... Uh, one time when, it was, this was in California, so this was like, what, five years ago? After Tizbaha and like a friend and I, we went to a, uh, to a, a gas station, or a grocery store, and we found like an, a middle-aged woman, and she just looked like, like, very bad. And she was at the checkout line, and she only had one item with her, and it was a bottle of Jack Daniels. And she was right behind us in the line. And my friend and I, we like looked at each other and we were like, oh my. And then so we, we kind of waited for her outside. And my friend actually, he, he was the one like, we have to talk to her. So he went and talked to her and I just kind of stood and watched. And my friend was like, uh, ma'am, what are you doing? You don't need that. And she looked at him and goes, yes, I do. There's nothing else that's going to take away my pain. And then like, the the guy starts like no there's and he tried to preach to her a little bit and like we we all started crying and and but she ended up going her way with her bottle i don't think that's like like many people think this is jokes and fun and stuff like that but they don't realize that alcohol is a big depressant and not depressant because it causes depression it does eventually but because it it wears on the nervous system it like kills the brain weighs down on the nervous system and then i think in the grand scheme of things the worst feeling in the world is when you know you should be doing something and you're not doing it to me that's like the worst feeling like you know you should be like living and you know you shouldn't but you just can't help it so you Maybe you're drinking or you're in a bad relationship or whatever. And then that stuff just makes you even feel worse about yourself and continues a very vicious cycle downward. So I think it's better like to stay away from, from, from these things. That's why the Proverbs, it says, Do not look on wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly, at last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. I don't think this lady was dreaming to be an alcoholic. She didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I feel like being an alcoholic today. Or, I've, you know, I know I knew someone from high school who actually was arrested and he was uh, arrested for heroin abuse and actually was about to be, like, die. And the police found him, took him to to like the ER and he was put in jail. I don't think he woke up one morning and said, I want to be a heroin addict. I don't think people just naturally have that desire to say, I want to be an addict of marijuana. I don't. But what happens is at first it looks, it sparkles in the cup a little bit. Then it turns in, it swirls around smoothly. And then you start drinking, oh, it tastes really good. Oh, this tastes... And then it gets progresses into something worse and worse. And at last it bites like a serpent. It stings like a viper. It reminded me of like, I think this is like a trick of the devil. It's like a like a fish, like like a dumb fish, right? Don't bite the hook. 
You know, like a fish sees a little like piece of bait on a hook, and it looks very appetizing, it looks very good, it looks like it's going to satisfy you, and then the fish goes, and then uh, it's stuck and it's dead. That's the same thing like uh, all these substances is like a little like it has like a little attractiveness to it oh it's going to calm you down it's going to make you relax it's going to make you do things but then it <clears throat> stuck on your throat it will kill you it will kill you like this dumb fish it's a dumb fish didn't know if, if it was on a hook it wouldn't eat it but it's just so attracted to the bait that it clamps down and then it and then it dies One of the things uh, that uh, we were reading in uh, Screw Tape Letters, we've talked a lot about it um, in the past, but I wanted to share one thing from Screw Tape Letters with you. For those of you who don't know, Screw Tape Letters is a book. It's about a demon teaching other demons how to tempt mankind. So it's written from the devil's perspective. So the devil, is, or a demon, is trying to teach other demons how to tempt mankind. And this is what the demons say. All pleasure, all pleasure is his invention. All pleasure is God's invention, not ours. He made the pleasures. All our research so far has not enabled us to produce one. Means the devil can't produce anything pleasurable. But all we can do is encourage the humans to take the pleasures which our enemy has produced. At times, our enemy, he's talking about God. So our enemy has produced at times or in ways or in degrees which he has forbidden. Hence, we always try to work away from the natural condition of any pleasure to that in which is least natural least redolent of its maker, and least pleasurable. You see that? He takes something pleasurable, he gives it at times where it shouldn't be used, and tries to make, and actually takes away the pleasure from it. At first lets you think it's pleasurable, and then it becomes the least pleasurable. An ever-increasing craving for an ever-diminishing pleasure is the formula. This is what the devil tries to do with us. An ever-increasing craving for something that's diminishing in pleasure. It is more certain and it's better style to get the man's soul and give him nothing in return. That is what really gladdens the devil's heart. I think this, if you think about the lady at the grocery store, is at like, gained the soul for nothing. Nothing. For nothing in return. And that's what gladdens uh, the devil's heart. I think what you see here is that all goodness, all pleasure comes from God. If you think about it, every good thing, all the sin, like for instance, the sin of lust or the sin of, you know, sexual desire, there's a proper way for it to be used. And God had a special way for, like, sex to be instituted. What the devil says now is, take sex out of marriage, let's move it into the adolescence year because it's very pleasurable, and... Ruin a generation. Takes every pleasure out of its natural use. Marijuana is a plant. Many people say marijuana is natural. It's okay. 
There's a lot of things. Poison ivy is natural. You don't smoke poison ivy, do you? Or you don't take poison ivy and, and rub it on your skin. Just because it's natural doesn't mean that you put it in your body. Oil is natural. Gasoline is natural. It comes from the depths of the ocean. You don't drink oil, do you? So just because something is natural doesn't mean it's for your consumption either. That's why we have to be careful how we use pleasure. Pleasure is supposed to be like God is a, like He's a God of pleasure. He created all pleasure. He wants us to be like happy. So I said, it's our Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's His pleasure to give you the kingdom. But pleasure in the worldly sense leads to destruction. That's why the Proverbs, one of the Proverbs from today was, He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Be careful about your desire for pleasure. Your worldly desire for pleasure. Your pleasure should come from God. And shouldn't come from, like, things like this. Like, at environments like this. This is like, uh, this is the classic picture of what happens, like, on a college campus. Like, at the, at the parties and whatever. Places like this, you won't find, like, you think these people are discussing the Psalms or discussing the work of salvation? Or do you think they are praising God and singing the hymns of God? I don't think so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not an environment where like Christian values or Christian ideas or things that would benefit your spirit are are discussed. And if if that's true, then it would be it would benefit you not to take part in them. It would benefit you not to take part in such environments. Like, I always wonder, where is God in this this seed here? Like, because you know God is watching, right? He's there. But where is, like, do you think God is in environments such as these? I think one of the other, the other um, very fascinating quotes from Screwtape Letters was, Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, the soft underfoot, without sunning turnings, without milestone, and without signposts. Many people, they say, we can, we'll just go to these parties, we can hang out, we can, it's okay, we have to live a balanced life, Abuna, this isn't, we're not monks and nuns, we live in the world. Okay, good. The safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, the soft underfoot. The sudden turnings, without milestone, without signpost. If something is not good for your spiritual life, is something not beneficial for you, you should cut it off. You should cut it off. It's not good for you. It doesn't lead to your happiness. Didn't you hear what was said earlier? It le- it stings. It will leave you more upset. That's why I want to close with this idea, is that the idea of turning to a substance for any reason is actually... Like, not what we're here for. Actually, we are given another substance. Do you know what that substance is? Like, God says, like, then say, don't do those substances and just sit by yourselves and, 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 whatever. He gave us a different substance. He gave us the bread of life. 
He gave us His body and His blood. This is a substance that is given for you for your salvation. Given for your power. Given for your strength. Given for your anxiety. Given for every type of anguish or pain. This is the true substance. Anyone who turns to another substance, even if it's something benign like food, don't we say, like, man shall not live by bread alone? Food is a substance, right? We say, food, you shall not live by bread alone, because there's a better substance. You should live on the word of, the word of God. So if that's, if we say that about food, then what do you think we say about all these, uh, Bottles and plants and, and whatever, that we don't need, those do not need to be our source of comfort. Our source of comfort is our God. He is our hope for the hopeless, the help for the helpless. We should turn to the altar, we should turn to the body and blood of the Lord as the ultimate substance, the substance that gives us all peace. This is the substance that gives us peace. The other substances don't give peace. If they gave peace, then See the 700,000 people that are assaulted, the 100,000 that are date raped. It's not, there's no peace. The only peace comes from God and comes from, uh, from His body and blood. And glory be to God forever. Amen.